With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Just a uh, heartbreaking loss today. Uh, it was hard fought. It was a back and forth game. Um, you know, it's one of those games, and so many NFL games are like this, but where one or two plays, you know, makes the difference in the end. Um, you know, you know that going into the game, you feel that during the game. Um, but we just didn't come out on the right side of, a, of enough of those plays to, to uh, win the game, obviously. And, um, you know, there's still a lot of football to be played. Um, you know, we got to bounce back quickly and, and uh, get back on track. But, um, uh, you know, there are positives to point to. Um, but ultimately, you know, when you don't win, you leave the stadium just feeling sick to your stomach. Sad Kirk Cousins talking there. And uh, the Vikings are still not totally cooked. Still not totally cooked at 4-6. and six. On Wednesdays, we usually do our State of Kirk Cousins address. We'll do a little bit of that, but we have a bunch of other things, including a reckless trade speculation idea. But, uh, Declan, I have a feeling I know what you're going to be sipping on this oh, yeah. long holiday weekend. You know, the Vikings might be uh, on the dark meat side right now of the turkey. Uh, if you're a dark meat guy, there there's basically no extra room for being burnt because you are one step away from being completely cooked. However, what can really... Weigh that down, not weigh that down, but spark that up is the Corona Hard Seltzer because it's the only seltzer made with Pure Beach vibes. With a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime, Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer, spike sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. You gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? You know, just individual plays. Uh, you know, we, we had one where they, they kind of loaded us up in zone and threw incomplete, and then on third down, I uh, worked at him on that out route, and, you know, it was tight coverage, and I uh, didn't hit it. And then, um, you know, in the two minutes, same thing. Got the completion on first down, second down, didn't get it. And then, uh, um, you know, third down, didn't get the out route to Adam there either. And then, um, you know, fourth down, uh, you know, played off schedule and didn't didn't get that either. So um, it was just kind of a couple couple different plays. That was Kirk Cousins just sort of dissecting the, the end of that back and forth fourth quarter and that loss against the Cowboys. Happy Thanksgiving week. Happy Drinksgiving here on this right. Wednesday episode of uh, of. Purple Daily with Mackie and Judd, Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad, and Declan Goff. And 
Ordinarily, on Wednesdays, we dive into our State of Kirk Cousins address, powered by Corona Hard Seltzer, spiked sparkling water. And uh, we'll do a little bit of that today. But since we've already done a huge deep dive into the offense this week, and Kirk included in that, we're going to do some other things on this episode. So I've got a couple Kirk Cousins nuggets for you. But the filet mignon, or the juicy turkey and stuffing, the the real spread today is actually a trade idea sent into us by a Vikings fan. Reckless speculation. And also, uh, we got our pigskin pecking order, so we might have to prep that on the fly because I know that I totally forgot to, but <laughs> we'll do it off the top of our heads if we need to. Yep. So let's start out with a couple interesting Kirk Cousins stats here, boys, and, and go from there. He is currently the sixth-ranked quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus, in terms of how they grade each and every game. And Pro Football Reference sent this number out that over the last 27 years, the Minnesota Vikings in 2020 have the best red zone quarterback passer rating. So Kirk Cousins in 27 years in the NFL. So so you've got these, you know, you've got one bin that says, hey, he's been the sixth best quarterback in the NFL. And the red zone passer rating, thanks in large part to Adam Thielen's hands, too, is the best we've seen in the NFL in like three decades, how does that sit with you, Judd Zolgad, when you hear those top-of-the-line offense and quarterback stats? I think there's always a big difference between <laughs> between statistics and the eye test, and they have to be melded together, and you actually, if you watch games, I think have or can have, in this case, a very different impression of what the statistics say and what the actual reality is. Um, look, I mean, I, I don't think there's a debate here. If you just went blind statistics, um, test, and if you just went, if you, if you were playing fantasy football, as far as bang for your buck, Kirk Cousins is a top quarterback and you financially are getting what you wanted. Unfortunately, if you watch the team play and it's a team game and things go wrong and things go, as Kirk himself said, off schedule. That's not supposed to be mean death now. It's supposed to mean off schedule. So a play is made. Um, I guess, speaking, going back to the Thanksgiving table, Phil Mackey, I guess the fairest thing to say is everything, the spread that you just laid out for me on my plate, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. That's literally how I see it. I, I mean, there's no, there's no way that you can watch the Vikings, hear what you just said, and be like, oh, it's all justified now. Yeah. You can't do that. I think, you know, it's funny because, like, he played amazingly on Sunday, really, like, with no butts. He just he played one of his best games as a Viking yeah, on Sunday. heck of a game. Um, the butt for me is more, it's less about Sunday. The butt for me is more, like, the big picture but. The Vikings don't do well off schedule, period, offensively, in a league that requires you to oftentimes be great off schedule. And the number that we threw out earlier in the week, the whatever it was, 168 fourth quarter comebacks in the NFL the last two and a half seasons, and the Vikings have one of them. And on Sunday, again, it was, yeah, the defense was bad, and the defense should ideally hold up at least once against the Cowboys in the fourth quarter, but the defense is not very good. The offense, the Vikings' offense is measurably better than the Vikings defense this year, maybe for the first time in in Mike Zimmer's career as head coach. And so you just like, you're going to find yourself in spots where, oh, well, throw throw the last two and a half hours out the window. We got the ball right now. We got to go. And it might be a little bit off schedule and it might be hurry up and it might be inside two minutes. And the Vikings are not good in those situations. The Vikings do not, 
And when I say not good, I'm not talking about a passer rating here or a red zone, right. you know, completion percentage there. I'm talking about how often do they come from behind and win a game in the fourth quarter? And the answer is basically never in the last three years. And that's a problem. So going forward, whether Kirk Cousins is part of the solution or not, I think it's important for the Vikings to just be better in those off-schedule, late-game, one-time-out-left, clock-is-running-down situations. I'm not saying you have to win every one of them, but why do the Bills have nine and you have one? I mean, that's that's inexcusable to me. Why, why did Diggs one out? I mean, he Stefan Diggs wanted out because he saw the statistics, and then he saw the reality of those statistics, and he said, you know what? This is not the best chance for me to win. I, it's just I, I get very frustrated by anybody that gets fixated on one thing too much, and that's true of it can't be all eye test, and it can't be all Kirk or or a player stats. Those things are fine, but those things exist in a vacuum to like help out with fantasy football. Yeah. So if you watch the Vikings play, I think you can tell very much what the problems are, what the strengths are. Uh, and if you if you meld both of the eye test and the stats together, it basically gives you, I think, a pretty accurate picture. But one of those does not. Yep. So, all right. So <clears throat> that's our state of Kirk. If you want, excuse me, if you want more uh, deep dive into Kirk Cousins, I think you can pretty much check out any number of Vikings Vent Line, the Monday or the Tuesday episodes of Purple Daily. And we did a lot of discussion about the offense, obviously the defense, too. Um, I think part of the reason why we haven't been as hyper-focused on the defensive struggles is because it's sort of, it's, it's, it sort of is what it is. Like they're, they're grooming a bunch of rookie cornerbacks. Daniil Hunter is out. They traded unique Ngakwe. Like the Vikings have basically admitted this is kind of a transition year defensively. And we predicted it. Yep. It was like, it's not a huge, it's, it is not, it, it might be surprising to Mike, but it's not surprising when you, when you decide to go into a year with out, a veteran corner. So no veteran corner, right? Like, you can't be surprised when the young corner struggle. You just can't be. Yeah, and like, and I look ahead at 2021, If you know, and actually this will be a segue into our uh, reckless trade speculation, but if Daniil Hunter comes back and he's healthy again, and if Jeff Gladney has a full offseason of workouts and whatnot, and, you know, maybe Anthony Barr comes back, maybe he doesn't, but I think your defense is going to be better next year just by having some of these pieces back. Michael Pierce is going to be back. And so for I, I hear you. There's a lot of Vikings fans like, why are you guys not being harder on the defense? Because it just feels like kind of a temporary setback that's going to be fixed by guys coming back next year. The offensive stuff feels a little bit more systematic. And that's why I personally have been more focused on where the offense can get better. And look, as far as the corners go, to be very, very clear, and I've said this since the summer, I think we are being, being very fair in being hard on the people who make the decisions that didn't fill those spots or that tried to f- fill them with young players. Yeah. So I think it's very, very fair to be hard on Zimmer and Spielman, uh, but can I sit here and like pick on Jeff Gladney? I mean, he was thrown into an impossible job, and he's trying. No, I'm good picking on Chris Jones. If well, you, yeah, if, you got to try to tackle. You want to jump out of the way of a running back on but a 40 yard touchdown. But he run. shouldn't even be. It's it's very clear he should not be playing. But I mean, you know, Gladney and Dantzler, um, one they don't make a ton, and two they they were basically I don't care what the Vikings tell you, their bosses set them up to fail. 
Because you can't do in 2020 in this league, you can't do uh, to them what's being asked and then be like, well, but you were supposed to play better. Yeah. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. So so with that, um, we'll... Let's get to the reckless speculation. Yes. Let's do this. I love reckless speculation. Okay. So Daniel Hunter recovering from neck surgery. Ian Rappaport reporting that once the neck surgery process and, and rehab process is complete, or like as it's being completed, that the Vikings have to either make the defensive end the, quote, highest paid defender in the NFL or trade him, according to sources, during the upcoming or, or before the, the 2021 season. So one of our loyal listeners, Carson, listen, we are wide open. If anyone ever has trade speculation ideas, we inject that stuff into our veins. So listener Carson sent a DM with a trade idea. He said, now at the time he sent this, I think the Vikings were picking sixth overall. Now they're like 13th or something overall. So I'll just, I'll, sure. I'll, I'll amend this for him. Sure. He said, would you consider trading Daniil Hunter and your first round pick to move up to number one overall? For Trevor Lawrence. Okay, can I can I start this? Can I start this by setting this parameter for the conversation? Sure. Reckless speculation. Because I think it's important to work with the figure I'm about to give you guys before we proceed. Okay. According to what I'm looking uh, at here, SportingNews.com for 2020, the NFL's highest paid defensive players, which is what Hunter wants, highest paid. The highest paid average annual salary, Joey Bosa, $27 million. That's a lot Ma- Miles Garrett He's of Cleveland. He's like making quarterback money, basically. Is number, yeah. Uh, Miles Garrett of Cleveland at 25 The third, Khalil Mack, the Bears, 23 and a half. Aaron Donald, arguably probably the best defensive player in the game today. He's fourth at 22 and a half. So just to just to set what Daniil Hunter coming off of neck surgery is going to be asking for, we we're talking about and Phil, you're exactly right. We're talking about I want starting quarterback money. And by the way, we already have a starting quarterback who gets paid starting quarterback money. Yeah. Uh, one thing to note with those with those four. So it was Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. You say Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett was and, is two on this list from Sporting News, and Aaron Donald is fourth. Okay, and Demarcus Lawrence for the Cowboys also makes twenty one million dollars yep. a year. Yep. And I just want to I just want to point out the that the Chargers, Browns, Bears and Cowboys aren't exactly in the greatest spot when it comes to building championship teams in part because they're paying so much money to non-quarterbacks here. Fair enough. I would do this trade. And and I would do it not instantly because I think Daniel Hunter is incredible and I do think he might be the best if he comes back healthy. I think there's a good argument to be made that he's the best pass rusher in the NFL. Like nobody has racked up 50 sacks at a younger age than Daniel Hunter. And most great pass rushers don't actually reach their peak in terms of like where their peak physical ability intersects with their experience and their know-how and their and just the ability to navigate around you know defensive uh, or offensive tackles. Like that intersection is still to come for Daniel Hunter if he's healthy. But if 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 you're telling me that the Vikings can get what I think is a surefire ten to fifteen year franchise quarterback that also, by the way, for the first five years is going to be under major team control. Like he's Trevor Lawrence is going to make like $10 million a year, basically for four or five years. I do this trade because it fixes something that the Vikings have been trying to fix since Fran Tarkenton. They thought they had Dante Culpepper for 10, 15 years, knee injury. They thought it was Teddy Bridgewater, knee injury. They thought it was Ponder, 
terrible, right? If you can start with a great franchise quarterback that can be a top five guy in the league, it gives you the luxury of not having to be perfect in the other areas of your team. And that's the that's the battle the Vikings are fighting right now. It's like, well, I've got to roll the rock up the hill defensively. we got to go find five new defensive starters. It's like, okay, there's just there's too many variables for the rest of your roster to always be perfect to make up for a non-elite quarterback. And so if you have the assets to trade up and and grab that number one overall pick, and I think if you look at the Jets, Judd, the Jets could be talked into maybe hanging on to Sam Darnold, depending on who the new regime is, right? If they're also given another first-round pick and a franchise pass rusher. So this this like the Jets are one of those teams that, man, maybe they would consider pulling the trigger on a trade like this if you gave them a couple really interesting pieces. Your thoughts? My thoughts are this. So if I can get Hunter coming off neck surgery, which is a big deal, by the way, if I can get him cleared completely so the doctors are like, he's fine, I'm good to go, 2021, and his agent comes to me and says, you know that really favorable contract that we signed a few years back, and it's a great contract for you guys. Tear it up. We want Joey Bosa or more money. I make this trade for a top three pick. So if the Jets tell me to get lost, I'm not done. Here's the interesting team wow. in, in Tankathon that I found. And this is and now this my, my entire point is going to revolve around how you feel about Justin Fields, okay, Phil? Mm-hmm. Um but here so so the Jets are 0 and 10, top pick right now. Jacksonville 1 and 9, second pick. The third pick, the Bengals at 2 7 and 1. The Bengals Burrow's done. They announced today that they are actually going to go to their third-string quarterback because they don't like their backup. So the Bengals are going to be a cluster bleep. Like, the Bengals are going to free fall. I I think the Bengals, at the very worst, are going to end up with a second pick. And who knows, if the Jets accidentally win a game or two, that might change. But my point is, let's say the Bengals have the second pick, and the Jets tell me, we're taking Trevor Lawrence, Rick Spielman, you get lost. Get out of our face. Um... I if I get Hunter cleared and it's been become very clear to me that his camp wants to be the highest paid defensive player, I make that trade for the second pick and I take Justin Fields. So you need Jack Jacksonville. I think right now the Jets and Jacksonville draft Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Agreed. Right. That, that's what I'm saying. So you need Cincinnati to, to hop up if you think if you think Fields. Now now the question too is like this BYU kid that we keep referring to. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name again? Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Zach Wilson. So Zach BYU Wilson. Kid is incredible. He's having a great season for BYU. He might move up into like that top five or six range too by the time all the like combine stuff is over. So if you felt like like could you even leverage a trade into the top five instead of the top two and get a guy that you want? Yeah, would that's it, a good would, would it even too. would it even take Daniel Hunter? I will at say that point? this. I will say this. If the Hunter camp comes to me with him coming off a neck procedure and says he will not play another down for you until he's the top-paid defensive player in the entire league, I personally can't stomach that. I can't do that. One, the cap's going down. Two, Phil, I'm with you. There's only one position in this league that fixes a ton of warts. Yeah, Like, Daniil Hunter's a great player, but I can't pay him close to what Kirk Cousins is making. I just can't do it. So that's a real dilemma under which I think there needs to be uh, potentially a resolution that doesn't have him back here. Yeah, like it's to me, it's a non-starter. If he wants to make quarterback money at that position, this is where this is where these like they call them business decisions, right? In the NFL, 
Daniil Hunter is amazing. But when you have Daniil Hunter and Kirk Cousins both making a combined like $60 million to, to the salary cap, you can't win a Super Bowl. No. You can't. Now, if it was Daniil Hunter making $27 million and a great rookie quarterback on a rookie salary scale for four or five years, awesome. I'm all for overpaying in that spot. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to make a decision. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna sort of fall into Daniel Hunter's wishes in that regard, you better have an exit plan for Kirk Cousins' salary, and and vice versa. If you plan on keeping Kirk Cousins for the next couple of years, then you probably need an exit plan for Daniel Hunter's salary. But I would argue if you're gonna trade Daniel Hunter, you should also look to just like get a young quarterback that you know you can grow with the next ten years. Agree so. completely with that. Yes. Dex, would you do this trade, Daniel Hunter, and the and the first round pick for? The number one or number two overall pick. One hundred percent. I I don't think uh, obviously the Jets or the Jags would be willing to do that. But if if uh, you're going to be at the point where I think guys like Zach Wilson are probably their stock's going to rise, and I think it's a pretty much foregone conclusion you're going to have to move up in the draft. If that means trading Daniel Hunter because you think Zach Wilson's going to not going to fall to you at you know twelve or wherever you ever you have to go, then you have to make that trade. And I love Daniel Hunter. He's he's on a Hall of Fame path. I know we 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 discussed a couple weeks ago. Do you have, do we think he can actually get back to that level, or has he peaked? I don't think he's peaked yet, and that's what's so scary, even with the neck injury. But yeah, you have to make that trade. If, if a quarterback can change, it's everything we talked about last week. It's everything we've already talked about in the last ten minutes. A quarterback can overcome those circumstances, and I'd be willing to do it if it meant I can get the right quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you think about the Vikings the last fifteen years, and how often outside of like two thousand nine. How often they've had the great edge rusher, like arguably the best edge rusher in the NFL, Jared Allen, Everson Griffin, and then into Daniil Hunter. And those guys have all been highly paid. In some cases, I think Jared Allen might have been the highest paid defensive end at one point. Um, uh, yep, I think you're right. In the prime of his career. I think when they signed him after they got him in the trade, yeah. And they've had that. And then they've had one of the best, highest paid running backs in the NFL as well. And, a, and kind of a question mark or an average quarterback. Again, outside of 2009, Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. That formula is good enough to make you very competitive and to maybe even give you a postseason win and maybe even get you like to the NFC Championship game in 2017. But I think it's fool's gold if your goal is to win a Super Bowl. So, yeah, like we can sit here and, and, and you watch the Vikings every single week and you're a fan and... Man, like you can't fathom the idea of not having Dalvin Cook or Daniil Hunter on the roster because those guys are so good and so fun to watch. But when those guys make top-end money in a salary cap structure and you have a non-Patrick Mahomes, non-Russell Wilson quarterback making a ton of money, how are you going to fill the other spots with good enough players unless you get super lucky in the draft with, like, Five all pros in in the same draft. Right? I don't think. I also don't think that you can have a a quarterback who's paid like Kirk is, and signed Daniel and already have signed Dalvin. I mean, look at their their expenditures and look at also if the cap does crash down to. And I think they've talked about the floor uh, for the cap post pandemic in two thousand twenty one being one seventy five. If it goes down, I think it's at one ninety eight right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't do that. Like, there's no way. There's no way that you can pay that. So, I think the reality is, if is if Daniel Hunter's camp is intent on him being becoming the highest paid defensive player in the league, I think the exit is basically destined unless unless he agrees to okay at least for 21 
it's not going to work. Um, I just don't. I don't see a path to it working. Yeah, it's just. It seems. It seems irresponsible. And if once you write that check, I know it's not all guaranteed, but you're in deep. Yeah. So you know, hit, hit us up if you guys uh, if you guys disagree. Hit us up in the comments on youtube.com slash purple daily podcast. Tweet at us at Phil Mackey at Jay Zolget at Texas tweets. I got a fun game here oh, called from Tankathon. Who do you who do we want to see? If you're a Vikings fan, absolutely uh, tank the rest of the season. Bengals for sure, and they very yeah. well could. You need teams that that don't need quarterbacks to be. Do you know what hurts you? It hurts you that Dallas beat you. It yes. hurts you because they're still right now technically drafting fourth. Yeah, but they've won th- three games now, which is probably one win too many at this point in time. So the Bengals are the one team, if they free-fall some more, that they would possibly... Because if you had Burrow, Mixon on your offense, and now you give them Daniil Hunter on their defense, mm. Cincinnati could get pretty good pretty quick in their See, mind. Here's the other thing. I, 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 so let's say that a trade like this doesn't happen, and you're just and now you're just rooting for, like, you're going to pick 11th or something. I think they're, they're 12th right now, according to tankathon.com. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance is the guy. I want a mock! Mock! Trey Lance is the quarterback, uh, fourth off the board, and going to the Vikings at 12. You just want teams in that, like, 7 to 11 range to not need quarterbacks. Yep. Because if you can't pull a trade to move sure. all the way up, you're still going to want to get your hands on a Zach Wilson or you know Trey Lance. It would be nice if you could watch Where's him play Kyle Trask, this season. Um, projected he, to go, he's right now towards the end of the first round, like rounding it out. Twenty third to the Colts. Trey right Lance now. makes me so concerned. One basically showcase game. Yeah, I, I would probably pass on it to be honest. It's I tough, just don't man. know. It's tough. I don't. I'm not going to auto pass on a guy who's six foot four, athletic, and two twenty and can right. throw the ball like. You know, the mo- the mobility is tantalizing in itself, just the ability to keep plays alive. But you're kind of hoping, like right now, in front of the Vikings, the Lions, could they be looking for their Matt Stafford exit plan? Some of that probably depends on what they do with if they fire everybody. The Panthers are picking ahead of the Vikings right now. Are they satisfied with Teddy? So you're rooting for Teddy to keep playing well this season. So so Carolina doesn't need to draft a quarterback. The Giants have have fallen all the way to seven because they might win their division, but they might still draft a quarterback. God help us. The only teams that for sure don't need a quarterback in front of the Vikings right now are the Chargers at six. I think the Bengals at three might be the only other one. The other ones, even Dallas, like what if Dallas decides, you know what, Dak's coming off an injury. He wants to get paid $35 million, and we're just not ready to do that. I I think they're going to pay him. But the rookie quarterback contract would be really, really enticing. If you're Dallas, I want a mock. So, all right. Well, we'll. we'll but I would it. do it. We'll see. I would do it. And and my biggest takeaway is this: I would not make Daniel Hunter the highest paid player in the league next season. There's no way I can do that. Yeah, the highest paid non quarterback would just yeah. I just can't do it. Yep. Back to Purple Daily in just a second. Quick shout out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Been helping business owners since the early 1900s. And they can help you during this pandemic year or any other year. It's just this has probably been a tough year for most business owners. And if you just don't feel like you're getting the support or the peace of mind or the resources, Federated Insurance is here with a guiding hand at federatedinsurance.com where you can find information about the industries Federated protects, the resources that you could get access to, and the people that you can connect to that will help your business. 
they measure their success at Federated by the success of the business owners that they work with. So federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's always our business to protect yours. So, all right, boys, before we uh, dip out of here on Purple Daily, let's let's give our pigskin packing order. Do you guys want me to go first? Do you need to sort out your thoughts? I, I have a good? list. You're good? I've, yep, got, I've got mine done. Then we'll start with Judd I, like I did usual. mine two days okay. ago. Nice. All right, Judd's Following the Rams game. Hold on a second. <laughs> I got to get through my parking passes for the Vikings. The, the drama for you guys pass, will be, did I, did I leave the Vikings in my pigskin packing order? Actually, it's not a drama at all. If you did, I'm going to come right over the table, right through this plexiglass. <laughs> Maggie! All right. Three teams drop out for me. Three teams drop out, including the Baltimore Ravens at 6-4. and four. Yeah. I just can't do it. What I can't do it. Team. This has been fun because yeah. every week is different, but Baltimore struggling, 6-4. and four. See you later. The Dolphins, 6-4, and four, out. This Tua move does not sit well with me. So Fitzmagic comes in to replace Tua. Mm. Uh, Throws a pick. Yeah, yeah but, but I mean, what are you doing? You you turn the team to Tua, which is fine. I'm cool with that, I guess. But now you're not going to do it. They, see you later. Green Bay Packers. You can't decide who you are. Packers. Uh, gone for now. Soft. S-A-W-F-T. I, you know what? Soft. I actually think that's spot on. I think you're exactly right. Very soft. Drop it. Okay, going from 10 to 4 back to 10 for me this week because another weird team. Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 7 and 4. They lost to the Rams. It was a close game. Brady didn't look good. Tampa's really, really weird. I don't know what to make of Tampa. So I'm dropping them from 4th to 10th after moving them up from 10th to 4th. Or uh, I think it was 10th to 4th, 10 to 4th. Uh, number 9, the Tennessee Titans. Unranked last week, but they went into Baltimore. They went in overtime. They are not soft. They are the opposite of the Packers. The Titans are not yep. soft. They are 7-3. and three. Vrabel's great. He's got his players dancing on the Ravens logo at uh, the at the Baltimore Stadium. They're no, they're number nine. Number eight, six and four. The Arizona uh, Cardinals dropped from five to eight for me. They lost to Seattle on Thursday. I still like them, but they're eight. Number seven, unranked last week, but another replacement. A team that's pretty good defensively. They didn't play great defensively in beating the Packers 34-31 in overtime. But that's right, Phil Mackey's Indianapolis Colts, guided by his My by guy. his by his quarterback father, Philip Rivers, he, seven and three. What are the what are the rules right now? In uh, I don't know if he brought his family to Indianapolis, but like oh, if, yeah. you, if you can't have gatherings of over ten people, he's going to have to tell a couple of his kids they can't show up to Thanksgiving. Sit out in the trailer. Sorry, kids. Sit out in that trailer that that he used to take from to uh, Chargers games. Number six on my list: the Seattle Seahawks. Moving up from number nine, they beat. Arizona, they're seven and three. Their defense still stinks, but they played better against the Cardinals. So heck, you know what? They've got Russell Wilson. They're number six. Number five, unranked for the last few weeks, but what the hell? It's 2020. The Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. They're seven and three. They're good. Their defense is good. Number four, Buffalo Bills. Move from six to four, despite having a bye, which is Yet another indicator of 2020. The Saints are number three. They stay put for me at 8-2 and two after beating the Falcons. The Steelers, 10-0, and 0, but they stay second. They beat up on Jacksonville, which is an awful team. And number one, the Kansas City Chiefs, 9-1. and one. Of course, they're trailing late in that game against the Raiders on Sunday night. And Patrick Mahomes, the man who will put ketchup on his turkey on Thanksgiving Day. God, you. This is a ketchup God, ranking. God bless him. You're just biased. I, you know what? 
Yeah. Ketchup on turkey, even to me, sounds gross. Oh. But nonetheless, I don't care. They are number one. So I go Chiefs, Steelers, Saints, Bills, Rams, Seahawks, Colts, Cardinals, Titans, Buccaneers. All right. Here's my 10. Sure. We're going to start with my guy, Phillip Rivers, grinding out these late game wins against the Packers, Colts defense. The Colts, you know, it's funny. The Colts seem like, like if Phillip Rivers' arm can stay attached, they could make some noise. I'm not going to put him on that Chiefs level, but then imagine it kind of feels like the Colts are in the same spot as the Chiefs were like four years ago, mm-hmm. where if you just get the right quarterback with that team, maybe get one more weapon at wide receiver or something. But I got the Colts number 10. Seahawks or just Russell Wilson might as well be the the ranking here at number nine after beating the Cardinals. The Raiders have gone toe-to-toe twice with the Kansas City Chiefs. And Derek Carr looks amazing. John Gruden has gone from this guy that we mocked, this caricature of himself a couple years ago. And he's clearly coaching up this talent. And the Raiders have weapons. So I've got them number eight. I got the Bills at seven. I still keep the Buccaneers at six because, like, some weeks they look like they're the third best team in the NFL, and other weeks they look incompetent. If they can start incorporating more Brady friendly short passes, they can win the Super Bowl. But if they want Tom Brady to keep throwing 40 yard bombs on every play, they're probably going to get bounced. The Titans are five, probably the most, like, understated, sneaky team the last three years in the NFL. They can beat anybody. Number four, the Saints. Now we're getting into, like, teams that can win the Super Bowl here. Number four, I got the Rams third after watching them. Which yeah. them last week? Do you remember? Out. I had yeah, them so out. The, yeah, okay. They just, and, and part of it's like, I shouldn't have had them out last week. But they clearly can beat anybody in the NFL. They've got one of the better defenses in the NFC. The defense. They've got weapons. Yeah. So they, they just, I don't know. The Rams are third on my list. Steelers, number two. Chiefs, number one. So Chiefs, Steelers, Rams, Saints, Titans, Buccaneers, Bills, Raiders, Seahawks, Colts, Packers dropped out, Cardinals dropped out for me last week, and uh, Vikings dropped out too. So, oh, yeah. the Vikings are out? No. Got a, little, got a little overzealous last week. No, no, don't yeah. say. But, but if they would have won, you guys both would have put the Vikings in your 10. And I probably would have had them as 10. Mm-hmm. I still so, wouldn't have been in my 10. Would've. Sorry, can't do it. All right, starting on mine, I, I'm putting the Cleveland Browns at 10. They are 7-3. and three. They've won some slot fest football games the last few weeks uh, against Houston and inclement weather. Obviously, they beat up on a pretty bad Carson Wentz and Philadelphia Eagles team, who's probably going to get benched here any day. Uh, but the Browns are 7-3, and three, and you got to give them credit for being 7-3. and three. They're number 10 for me, though. Packers are number 9 after uh, falling on their faces and looking honestly soft. I think soft is probably the best word we can use to describe them. They are number 9. I have the Bucks at 8. I just, I don't get them. Like Phil said, they, they could be 3, or they could be completely off this list. It, 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 their variance is absolutely through the—I can't figure out who the hell they are. Tom Brady's forgetting rules. He's still pouty. Bruce Arians loves to call him out. I think there's some dysfunction maybe brewing in Tampa Bay. Uh, 7 is the Buffalo Bills. I think they're an extremely exciting team to watch. I would, love, I would like to watch them in the playoffs. I just question if they're going to have enough horses and firepower to get over teams like the Steelers, Chiefs, and even the Titans. So they're 7 for me. Colts at number 6. I, I Philip Rivers is still doing it, man. I thought the— the uh, Bad spiral football and all those kids, they were finally going to catch up to him. Nope. Philip Rivers, uh, Phil's guy, is still slinging it in Indianapolis. They're number six for me. Defense is good, too. Yeah. Titans are number five. They honestly might be the most well-coached team in the NFL. I mean, Mike Vrabel's been awesome. Brian Tannehill's has exceeded the expectations. Last year wasn't a fluke. It's a pretty damn good team. They're number five. I have the Rams at number four after their awesome performance in their latest game. And, yes, were they outside of my top ten? I believe they were. But their defense is legit, and Jared Goff and Sean McVay are, are basically back. The Saints are number three. They're my top team in the NFC, I think. They have kind of solidified themselves as the top team, even with Drew Brees. 
basically breaking like 14 ribs. I didn't even know you could break 11 ribs wherever the hell he had. 11, yeah. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. But, I didn't but know the you Saints, had 11. The Saints are probably still the best team in the NFC. I had the Chiefs number two and the Steelers number one. Again, simply just for records, I do think that the Chiefs win that game in an AFC title game when push comes to shove. But just right now, the Steelers are number one. So my 10 through one goes Browns, Packers, Bucks, Bills, Colts, Titans, Rams, Saints, Chiefs, and your Pittsburgh Steelers is your number one team still. Good stuff, gentlemen. I'm actually, I'm, I'm reading through some angry tweets right now off of our, you must have posted like, this must be from like one of the Kirk Cousins clips from Purple Daily that you posted on Score North Twitter. Yeah. I'm just going to read you guys a couple of these here. Oh boy. All right. Uh, so at Phil Mackey, so the fourth quarter comebacks only count when the defense holds up after. Well, again, Kirk Cousins was great, but games go back and forth. So, so we just want to say, hey, listen, if you get up 10 nothing in the first half, from that point forward, shut her down. Now it's on the defense. Yep. No, like the game is Still 60 going. minutes, and the game goes back and forth. And when the game, when the ping pong ball gets hit over the net and it comes back to the Vikings and there's three, four minutes left in the game and they're trailing, they only win once in the last three years. That's what I'm saying. Like it's a ping pong game. Well, we took a 7 nothing lead. Our work is done. You're just looking, oh, we scored once early in the fourth quarter. Our work is done. Your work is never bash done. Kirk. You were just looking to bash Kirk, and they know yeah. it. Uh, he goes, this is uh, no Hank 2 on Twitter. Bleep off with these awful takes. Phil, you're smarter than that. And then another guy jumps in and says, they work for Score North. They aren't smarter than that. Have you heard the awful stuff they say on that awful podcast? Which you can find on Apple, Apple Spotify, scorenorth.com, mm-hmm. and also the Score North mobile app. And YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. Click the subscribe button, please. It helps us. Thank you. I'm done. Happy Thanksgiving, Happy Thanksgiving to all the haters. Happy Thanksgiving, haters.